What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This episode is brought to you in part locally, right here in Southern Oregon, by KMVU Fox 26. everyone, welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am your host, JP, joined by the other host, Mr. Nick Martin. How are you, buddy? What's up? Dude, I'm good. Yeah? Excited. It's yeah. almost Christmas. It is almost Christmas, and I'm freezing my, my cojones off here in the studio because it snowed today. It's like 28 degrees, and uh, this little floor heater is just, it's not cutting it, man. So that's why the hands are down here, and I'm, I'm wearing hoodies. I know, $10 million studio, and you can't afford a real heater. That's I know, just- I know. That's the beauty of a green screen. <laughs> Today on the show, man, I this guy I am very excited to have on. He is a, a fellow radio guy, although he uh, he's eclipsed me as far as what he has done in radio and still doing. Please welcome to DadCast, Mr. Rich Davis, host of SiriusXM's Pop 2K Channel 10 and uh, a myriad of other great things, which we'll get into. How are you, Rich? What's up, guys? And by the way, I feel you on the cold. It's like 60-something. It's chilly in L.A. It's oh, chilly. yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> See this? It's the tiniest violin playing just yeah. for oh, you. Oh, it's chilly. Man, oh, just it's, for it's, me. It's, I'm, I, I'm an L.A. kid, okay? I'm, I'm born and bred Southern California, and I moved up here to Southern Oregon, and boy, do we get every single season. And it is currently finally snowing where we live, and it is it's cold. It's cold. Hey, in a couple hours, it's going to be 60, though. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So how Crazy. are you, Rich? Welcome to DadCast, man. I'm good, man. Uh, I'm impressed by Nick's background. Nick's got a collection of guitars and memorabilia. Like, yo, Nick, that's an office. Like, I, I wish <laughs> I had an office like that. Yeah. A lot of years of hanging out with friends and doing concerts and stuff, man. Just and collecting. He, and here we are. You know, I, I, I did all this work to get the coolest background I could ever find. And all our guests always end up complimenting Nick. And that's cool. And that's cool. Yeah. You don't want to see what's behind this green screen. It's a snow. Dude, you got a badass Tesla. Come on. I'm, yeah, yeah, I okay. am so jealous. All right. <laughs> if you get Tesla or kick-ass background, <laughs> all right, I'll go yeah. with the Tesla. Rich. By the way, do you, tr- do you trust the Tesla to do things on its own, or are you skeptical? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. If we want to get into that right off the bat, I'm in. <laughs> let's, okay. okay. Let's, we'll let's get to in. dad later. All right. Um, do you have a Tesla, or have you ever driven one? I, I, I've not, but... Uh, my producer for Kavino and Rich Spot recently rented one, right. and it inspired him to possibly get one. He, he was like, it was, re- it was right. amazing, remarkable. My son, who is now 11 years old, about three years ago, just runs out, he's watching YouTube, and says, Dad, you got to get a Tesla. And I said, you do realize how expensive these cars are, son, and you do realize I work in radio. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> it, it, we'll see what we can do. But anyway, I worked yeah. my butt off, and about a year ago, Pushing a year, I got my Tesla Model 3, and uh, I was very, very, you know, the autopilot, I was excited for it, but it's, it's, it's a strange feeling when you first engage it, and all of a sudden, you don't have control, but you're still right there and ready and able to do take over, but I've taken a whole bunch of road trips to Vegas and whatnot, and I put that bitch on autopilot, and it is the coolest and most stress-free driving I've ever experienced, because... 
I've never seen it error. You know, occasionally if someone comes in at you, then it's going to move and disengage itself. But I trust it wholeheartedly now. And you ever take a long road trip, eight, nine, 10 hours at the end, you're exhausted, man. Even though you're just sitting there because there's all that concentrating and keeping you in the lane, all that's gone with a Tesla. It's real and, and really fast. Good stuff. I don't, even, I don't even know to where to go from there. You just said road trip. My wife and I, this is dad, very dad life. We <laughs> rode, we drove with the kids and our dog from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas. Okay. And yo, know, that last eight hours, if any if anyone listens to your show that drives for a living, El Paso to Austin might be the worst stretch of road on planet Earth. There's nothing. It's like, you know, one of those things, like if I don't stop at this rest stop, I might not see something for hours. Yep. Yo, that's how it is. It's awful. Yeah, it's I've, awful. I've done it. My sister used to live in Texas. I have family in Austin right now in uh, just a barren landscape in a very, very large oh. state. So speaking of that family, Rich, of course, yes. the rite of passage, the question that must be asked, are you a dad? I am a dad. I have a daughter, Emmy, who is four and a half, and my son, Ben, is one and a half. So four and a half and one and a half. Awesome. I'm, I'm in the mix right now. You are. You're right there in the in the the beautiful, awesome stages of of young. Uh, I have a feeling we're gonna be talking some cocoa melon here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if I if I don't have to see JJ <laughs> for a long time, I'll be okay. Oh man! By the way, you you watch that so much. I'm starting to have some feelings for Miss Appleberry, the teacher. Yo, she's hot, right? Isn't she? <laughs> Dude, they did they did a good job there on that one. But, I was like, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't have a t- teacher as hot as Miss Appleberry. I was like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. See, I don't even know what you're all talking about because my youngest is eight. Thankfully, she has passed all that cocoa melon, but I get to hear it from Nick all the time. The, the terrible thing is when the baby falls asleep and you're still watching freaking cocoa melon yes. and you're into it. That's 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 really messed up. I'm like, what is wrong with me? My wife came home from work the other day and the baby <laughs> had been sleeping for two hours. I'm watching cocoa melon still. And I'm and I'm in I'm digging it. <laughs> She's like, "What is wrong with you?" Just too I, lazy. Uh, same thing, man. I was uh, the kids were sleeping. I'm like, "Wait a minute, isn't Thursday night football on?" Meanwhile, I have like dinosaur train on or some right? <laughs> some crap. <laughs> so four and oh, a half man. and one and a half. How is how is the transition? I wouldn't say transition, but okay. So you had the first kid, which I'm sure was an experience. First time dad. Has it been? any easier or is it just a completely different path when it came to the second one well anyone that has more than one kid it, it's it's wild to think how different they are you're like how could these kids be so different and boys and girls anyone that's trying to tell you boys and girls are not different they're out of their mind yep. like my daughter four and a half sweet and gentle and kind and you know we baby proofed the house but never really needed to like she really didn't want to cause trouble my one-and-a-half-year-old son is a monster. Like, yo, it is – and I think other parents can relate to that. Like, yo, how is she so gentle and sweet? And, like, the, the Christmas tree, we put it up last week. Our daughter never thought to try to, like, pull it down or anything. Already my son's breaking ornaments, throwing crap. Like, it's, it's boys and girls. So, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the mix where it's hard to have nice things because of him. Yeah, I so hear that. Little guy, is he into climbing and like my little guy discovered jumping from the couch to the love sack is really cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's dangerous but really cool. And no fear, <laughs> no fear, right? You see your, you see your son, you're like, yo, he is he's ballsy little kid, right? Yeah, I'm doing some, I'm sending some emails at the table the other day, the other day, and my kid climbs up on a chair and freaking jumps off onto the hardwood floor like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, you don't bounce, bro. <laughs> What's going on? 
Well, he'll find that out. You know, lessons learned. That's how it goes. What? So if you won't mind me asking, Rich, how old are you? I'm 42. 42. All right. So you are right there. We are bred from the same cloth. Uh, you and Nick. Nick, you're 42, right? Yeah, I'm 42. All right. Same okay. age. So, you know, I got y'all by about five years, but we're right there. You, uh, like me, kind of got a late start to the whole dad game. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder all the time what life would have been like if we did it the way our parents and grandparents did. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm 42, and I'm like, if I, my parents had me and my siblings when they were in their early to mid-20s, and I'm thinking, like, I can't imagine. Nick, can you imagine having a teenager right now? Yeah. So he, I, I have, wait, I wait, here it comes. Girl. Here it comes. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, my, my first kid was born when he was, when I was 19. So, whoa. Yeah. And how many so kids do you there. have, Nick? I have six. So they're my youngest whoa. is one and a half. My oldest is 22 in the army, just kicking ass in Texas. So, so you, you have, uh, that's wild because you've raised kids through, I guess the whole, like, think about it. When you started raising kids, there was no social media, internet, or anything. No, no, thank God. You could still spank them and nobody would, like, jump <laughs> <Yeah>. on <them laughs> and yell at you about it. So. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's yeah. a crazy time to parent through, I'm sure. Yeah, no, it is definitely very, very crazy. I'd say it's crazy to see them go from, like, being babies to having the teenage years and, and choosing that path of, it's, is it going to be the right path? Is it going to be the wrong path? And I'm thinking... I do a good enough job as, as his dad. And yeah, so it's, it's really cool. Really satisfying to know that. Yes, I did a great job. He's a great person. My older kids are very good. They just doing awesome things. I thought I was done. I got remarried and my wife's like, let's have a baby. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> By the way, that's so common out here in LA more than any other place I've ever been where you see dads at the school and it's very clear that it's like, oh, this is round two of their life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's like, it's awesome. Like, I wish I would have yeah. waited. Like, I love my kids, but I wish I would have waited till I was older, more responsible, financially stable, and had things figured out for myself, other than trying to figure it out with a baby and with kind of basically growing up with my kids is pretty much what happened with my older kids. Yeah, it was kind of the pickle though, Nick. I mean, if you hadn't had those kids and learned what you went through, you would still be learning it even though you're in a later age. So it's, yes. it doesn't really, really matter. What now, when it comes to you, Rich, how did, what took so long? Was it just a, a timing thing? Was it, you never wanted kids. It just kind of worked out that way. Tell us about the well, journey yeah. of becoming a dad. It was, uh, you know, it, it, interestingly enough, I met my wife when I was roughly 30. So I, I had a lot of fun in my 20s. There's no there's no hiding the fact that I uh, I Ditto. certainly had a great time being the single guy living in New York, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of hooking up, a lot of fun times, a lot of partying, a lot of crazy crap. And I met my wife and we got engaged pretty quick, married pretty quick. And then the more I think about it, it's pretty strange we waited like six or seven years to have a kid. I thought we'd probably have a kid within a year or so, but we waited. I, I had my two kids. I did nothing. I did really no work. Um, <laughs> I had the kids as if like for nine months I was yeah. doing something mm-hmm. other than like just chilling. Um, my wife had our kids when I was 37 and 40. So yeah, I, I look at that. The only time it bothers me, I'm sure you guys do the same crap, you do the math in your head. You're like, all right, well, when I, if I make it to like 80, they'll be, and you start uh-huh. doing that stuff. 
And that's the only time I'm like, oh man, I waited. Other than that, I'm cool with it because I feel young. I, I try to stay in shape and active. But when I'm like, oh crap. So when my son's like, my son's 40, when my son's my age, I'll be in my 80s if I'm still al- alive. That, yeah. That's the only time it bothers me. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. but it, I hear you. I do the same thing except for when is he going to be 21? When can I take him to the bar legally and have a drink with yeah. my boy if that's what he chooses to do? And 56. I will be 56 years old having that first legal beer with my son and my, that's uh, nice. I got a stepdaughter. She just turned 17 as well. So four years from now we can have her first legal, legal drink. Uh, she's already drank in plenty of my whiskey that I've tried to hide in the house, which is, do you you remember, uh, do you remember being on that side of things? Like when you were trying to steal the booze, like, Oh yeah, I I remember it, it took years for, I think, I think we replaced one of my friend's parents' alcohol with water. Like we emptied out the tequila, vodka, everything, and just filled it up with water. And I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like that was probably senior or high school, mid college. I think he got a call from his mom. Like all our alcohol must have gone bad or something. Like it. I was like, yo, your mom thinks the alcohol went bad. Hilarious. My yeah. my so, uh, my stepmother. She's from Germany, and she brought back a, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, German moonshine, and it was in a bottle that had a huge bowl at the bottom and a super long thin uh top to it essentially and it i watched that thing because it was also in the candy drawer where the parents had things set up so i'd sneak m&ms when i was eight nine ten eleven twelve and then 13 15 16 rolled around i was like oh, what uh, what's in that thing and we drank the hell out of that replaced it with water and no joke it is still sitting in where it's supposed to be in that that wall unit full of water because they never drank it i guess it was a decoration item but i never got caught on that one i'm uh i'm so i'm so torn on so many of these parenting things i i if you don't mind can i throw a couple of things at you guys yeah absolutely man i'm 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 completely torn on uh how we all navigate this dad life together um for the record that's kind of what we're doing this show for man I, I love it because that, I mean, you know, you, you start to feel a little more normal when you're like, oh, everyone's going through this crap. So living out here in Los Angeles in California, you got, you're, you know, you're up north a little bit. How do you handle, because uh, it's going to, as your kids are getting older, how do you handle weed? Because where, when we were growing up, yep, it was illegal, yep, right? It was illegal. Like it was like, even if your parents smoke weed, they kept it from you. Like I didn't realize my dad smoked weed until I was an adult, you know? Because it was against the law. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like edibles, this, vape pens, all this stuff. Like, are you treating alcohol and marijuana the same way to your to your kids? Me personally, I uh, it, and this is it can go so many different directions because there's mom involved too with how she yeah. feels about everything. Me, I'm 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 one of those guys. Man, I I I smoked the bejesus out of the marijuana back in the day. And became a father, and of course, I want to protect. Now, here in Oregon, it is it's a, it treated like alcohol. You have to be twenty one. So, mm-hmm. I if I had a choice, and you know, she's going to decide to smoke. The oldest is going to smoke up or go drink up. Uh, I'm going to please smoke, 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 smoke. Have at it. In fact, do it in the house with me. Okay, let's do mm-hmm. it properly. Don't be stupid. Don't go driving just like with everything. But I've learned that with anything. If you tell them not to do it, that's more reason why they're going to do it. If you show a yeah. little compassion and a little understanding and you navigate through it with them, uh, they come out the other end considerably better off for themselves. Um, but at the same time, mom is, no, 
bad drugs. She still got it in her head. It's an illegal drug. I mean, it's a plan. It, it, you smoke cigarettes uh, when you're not drinking. Okay, that's a yeah. whole hell of a lot worse than the weed. But long, long answer short, um, if they're going to go out and do it, I'd like to know about it. And I wholeheartedly, I, I have no problem with it. You know, just just do it right. You know, do it, do it correctly. You're not going to get in trouble from us or from me. Um, and, and it's a tough one. But again, you know, I don't know how many people died last week statistically from uh, smoking a joint and going out driving or anything yeah. like alcohol is terrible. No, I, I, thought, terrible. I thought about that because I, I went to a Christmas party last weekend and it was the first time in a while that I have like, you know, like f- more than five drinks. And I felt like horseshit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to have to curse. I'm oh, no, sorry. absolutely. <laughs> shit, shit, okay. fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay, we're good. I, 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 felt like, I felt like dog shit the next day. And I was like, you know what? I feel a lot better taking an edible after the kids go to sleep. Like, And I'm, and I'm thinking like, I, I just feel like generationally moving forward, I feel like our kids, if you have young kids, when they're teenagers, they may, you know how like all of a sudden cigarettes went from being cool to like no one smoked cigarettes like young kids? Yeah. I, I think you're going to see that with, I think more kids are going to want to do some marijuana option opposed to alcohol when they're teenagers. I hope so. Absolutely. Yeah, I know for me, I'm, I'm with JP on it. I'd much rather my kids smoke pot or eat an edible than go get drunk. Now, disclosure, I'm, we're not going out telling you to go smoke the weed, children. Yeah. You know, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it is legal. And if done properly and done right, as with anything, uh, you know, just make the right choices, man. Make the good decisions. So what about this one now? Another, All another, right. how, Nick, how do we Nick, you this? go first on this one. All right. So you guys are in the media. You do a popular podcast. You're in that world. How do you navigate social media and screen time with your kids as they get older and older? Oof. Because you don't want them to be irrelevant, but you don't want them to also be totally like 100% in it, right? Yeah. So I have my two, my 17 and 18 year old are the ones that are like big time into social media. One of them works for Dutch Bros Coffee, which is the big coffee chain up here. So he's very got to post the pictures with the, all the girls and stuff and all that mm-hmm. shit. My daughter is very into music and she's like friends with Andy Grammer and all that kind of stuff. So she makes, does covers and posts stuff and gets different people to share it for her. So it's basically, I make sure don't post anything negative. Don't be a bully. Keep your post as positive as possible. And like my son, I'm like, dude, don't post girls half naked. Like, Don't be that guy. Don't, yeah. don't be an asshole, dude. Just, you know, post fun pictures of doing the coffee thing, hanging out with your friends. Like he does all kinds of adventures. He'll go camping, go hiking and post all these crazy off the side of a mountain picture. And I'm like, so that's, that's kind of cool. Is it, um, is it also something we need to do is uh, remind our kids as they get older, like, yo, social media isn't a hundred percent real because there's a lot of, there's a lot of kids that get depressed because they're like, yeah, everyone's living a better life than me. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, right. yo, I, I feel like that's something that. Well, and the other thing I let my kids know too, is like, if you ever want to do anything big, all employers go through your social media. So don't post something you're going to regret down the road. Don't, don't do something that's going to come back and bite you. Don't, you know, you don't ever want that to happen. Yeah, there's, there's no excuse. Would you say there's no excuse for this generation? Because our generation, I'm not saying anyone should ever have done some terrible shit, but, you know, the receipts are being pulled out for people for things they did in the 80s, 90s, and yeah. some of that. This generation is growing up damn well knowing that everything they do could come back to haunt them. So I think that's a, re- I think that's a very important reminder. I agree. Yeah, it's very scary. When it comes to me, 
Um, before I answer the question, let me just show you a couple of things here. So my eight-year-old, Avery, for Christmas, uh, I'm showing for the world the first time, and by the time this episode drops, it'll be well past Christmas. This is her Christmas gift. That is an iPhone 11, her first nice. actual phone. My son, who's 11, this is his Christmas gift. That is an iPhone 12. I fought it long enough. I, every kid's got it. I want to be connected with them, um, but things need to be taught. What I've learned from my 17-year-old, and Chloe, if you watch this, I'm not throwing you under the bus, okay? <laughs> I love you. All right, but this is a lesson learned that we can teach other fathers and other kids. My biggest thing with screen time is represent. You, you touched on it earlier. Is representing yourself to the world and complete strangers. And in the case of my girl, she is she's drop dead gorgeous. I'm in trouble. All the boys she's going to date in life, they're in trouble. She's like her mom. She's beautiful. It's it's scary to think that she's at that age now, but misrepresenting yourself i'm sorry to interrupt but how do you how do you navigate that because every day you see stories about like this girl made a million dollars a day on OnlyFans. this girl selling her freaking there was a story today we were talking about on my podcast could on rich uh, some hot girl was sending her selling her farts in a jar (laughs) i I just read about that and she said she made she said she made 50 grand a month so it's a weird thing where you, you almost have to be like, hey, listen, have some pride and integrity. I, it's such a weird navigation because how do you tell a kid to go work an hourly job at the mall right. when they see other, like, especially like you said, if, you're, if, you're, if you have a daughter and she's attractive, it's going to be so tempting for them to go a route that you may not really want them to go. Yeah. Right? Well, the best I can teach and preach and, you know, give examples of others that, you know, haven't successfully navigated doing that, but it's misrepresenting, especially the young, you know, there is a year end, like these are the YouTube or a Snapchat thing where uh, it, it put together a bunch of clips from the previous year. And this is like a couple years ago. So we're talking 15, almost 16 years old for her at this point. And somehow I saw it, you know, we're, we we're hiding. She, this was an account that she had made secretly. And let's just say there was stuff on there that 18 year olds shouldn't be doing now it wasn't terrible but as a father seeing it you know just not you know bikini, wearing a bikini and doing you know suggestive dances and whatnot and i don't want to put it all out there that you know she's just being a kid and acting around but then there was them together smoking some weed so there's a combination of all this and we finally had to sit her down and just be like girl look everyone's going to see this and this is not who you are you were showing off for the camera because you were with your friends and you thought it was cool it it ain't man you know right now you may think it is but this is going to come back and bite that's that is the most difficult thing for me navigating and uh there's one lesson learned and i've got the boy coming up 11 i think he's going to handle things differently boys and girls way different and then i've got all the ammunition for my youngest when she gets that age but yeah that's that's the difficult part. And as far as screen time is concerned, man, COVID kind of threw that whole thing for a loop, man. When they weren't going to school and they were just stuck at home, I was just like, you know what, you guys? You're stuck in here. Go nuts. Play all the video games yeah. you want. Go on the phone. You know, I still have controls of what they can do, et cetera. But, you know, I personally, I, I, I didn't want them to be on it as much as they were, and it has tapered down a little bit since. 
they actually want to go outside and do stuff again because they were stuck inside for so long. So there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel for the whole COVID thing on that's concerned. But um, I, I noticed, at least my children, they, they get tired of it. They want real interaction anyway, so I don't have to get off the phone, tell them to get off the phone type scenario. So I've been lucky in that way. You ever, you ever think what life would have been like if we had social media as kids? Oh, God. I only imagine as a DJ in the freaking late 90s and early 2000s would have been like. I mean, oh my God, you would have been just, slain it. Imagine, imagine oh. if you were able to talk to listeners. This is when radio was, you know, still killing it on a different level. Yeah. Right? Like, like radio is still a thing. But back then, radio, before the internet, yeah, yeah. radio DJs were treated like fucking terrestrial radio gods yeah i i, I joke about how uh influencers get all my freebies now like <laughs> <laughs> but think about that imagine imagine you know you're at the not only were you doing well in the dating world with a microphone at a club imagine if you were the guy on the radio back then with social media mm-hmm. yeah yeah I did yeah. pretty well in the, in the mid 2000s for the record when MySpace came yeah. along. My top 8 was <laughs> it was stacked. They were fighting over it, you I'll know. I'll put you in my t- I'll put you in my top 8. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, that, that's that's it's crazy how, you know, the, the the things that our grandparents, our parents, hell, even some of us parents now didn't have to navigate issues that were never even fathomable yeah. to them back now and here we are still learning it's it's every day is a it's a new learning adventure especially when it comes to phones and social media because as much as i hate it i also love it a lot and you know just as well as i do it is literally a part of the job and without it we wouldn't seeing the successes and and it's just i mean you you can't you can't criticize it so much when i find myself like laying in bed and waking up in the morning scrolling through tiktok i'm like here i am doing the same fucking (laughs) thing so who am i to criticize you know anyone's kids well, I got one last thing that I wanted to ask you guys. I just I wrote down a couple things because these are things that are on my dad mind. This is a true radio kid, guy for the record, right here. He's he's yeah. he's he's taken over, and it's I love it. I I, I feel bad because it no no don't happened. don't feel bad, don't man. Feel this bad. is a beautiful it's thing. Awesome. <laughs> so when you look at where things are going, every time there's a new technology or something, older generations try to reject it, and then it blows up anyway, and it's huge. Happens with social media. I remember when TikTok was musically and became TikTok. It's like, ah, no, who cares about that? It happened with Instagram. Happened with Twitter. Oh, who's gonna? Who cares about a tweet? It happens with everything. What are your thoughts on NFTs and our kids' generation caring about like a virtual pair of Nikes on their avatar and like, but like, do you see like people are buying like fake uh-huh. real estate and like, like all these big companies are getting involved because eventually. Your kid, if you got young kids, they're going to care more about the the metaverse version of themselves than the, the more than the real version. And it's like one of those things that I'm trying to mentally adjust to. Well, Nick, first of all, do you know what an NFT is? I don't. But I've been reading about it. Though. I was trying to figure <laughs> out what it is, but I kind of understand uh, the metaverse and all the everything else about buying real estate that's not really actually real estate. Yo, it's it's, it's Nick. So it's weird. wild because I I'm having a hard time assigning value to it. Right? It happened with so, it, cryptocurrency, right? Because everyone's like Bitcoin. What is it even worth? Yeah. The best way I could explain NFTs, and I am by no means an expert. If anything, I'm the one looking for answers. Yeah, yeah. But if let's say your kid has their avatar. Look at Roblox. Roblox is a billion, multi-billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When kids are playing these games, if they care just as much about their online persona 
that they do about their real life stuff. Like a Prada bag might be worth thousands of dollars. A pair of uh, Jordans might be worth a couple hundred. The, you're going to want those things on your avatar as well. So they're going to sell virtual versions of these things. And I feel like a lot of parents are going to be like, that's stupid. I'm not buying a fake pair of Jordans <laughs> for your avatar, but that's probably what your kids are going to want. I saw an article that said, well, it's already happening. Uh, Christmas that, uh, as you said, uh, just passed. Um, a, a lot of people were saying gift cards and cash were being replaced by cryptocurrency and NFTs as presents. That's, oh, this is a uh, beauty of not living in LA anymore for the record. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to properly answer that question and say how I feel about it. Now I can, you know, put myself in the place of, and give you an example uh, Fortnite. Okay. Yeah. My son probably spent a thousand dollars of my money over the course of three years, probably more buying skins to make his character look different. And every single week, a different skin came out. And and kudos to you, Blizzard and Fortnite, uh, for making your billions on that. Um, but And he had to be the coolest kid playing in his group because he had the newest skin. And that kind of relates what you're talking about with the exactly. NFT. And he was more concerned during that. And this is 8 to 10 years old. He's 11 now. He's not really yeah. so much into it as it was. But even then... I'm like, hey, kid, look at this awesome hoodie, you know, from Nike or whatever. And he, he didn't care. He was more concerned about how he looked in his online video game presence. And, and it cost me more. I mean, I, dude, I'd rather you have a hoodie to keep you warm, man. Yeah. A, a yeah, real I mean, you, one. You wanted this you know, other thing. Back, uh, 30 years ago, you wanted Reebok pumps. Your kid's going to want Hell fake yeah. Yeah, shoes I want for their avatar. Right. right. The, the new ones that are badass. So <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't want to play old man, get off my lawn. I, that's what I'm saying. It's a balance, right? It's a balance right. of like understanding it because you don't want to like, remember when you would try to play Nintendo with your parents, they'd be like, what is this? And they like made it seem like it was the hardest thing in the world. Yep. You don't want to be the out of touch parent, but at the same time, it is wild to think you really, you, you, our, our kids generation are going to care more about their avatar than their own. Well, I think the scariest thing is we're going to have less social interaction. Our mm -hmm. our kids are going to grow up and just be completely socially awkward. If they have to go out into a situation where they're around other people, they're not going to know how to act because they're so concerned about what's happening online or in the metaverse I was, or whatever. I was talking to a teacher and he's like, dude, in five years, classrooms are going to be where if you're talking about teaching about Africa, the kids can actually go to Africa. Like they'll yeah, put on yeah. the, the meta stuff and they'll be in Africa. They can touch, feel. I'm like, what? That's so crazy. Yeah. Like what, what about like talking to other kids though? Like you're, you're not teaching them to, to be people. You're, you're teaching them to be robots pretty much. And it's just, it's so weird. I think we, uh, all three of us are in the generation, the perfect generation, Gen X baby, where <laughs> we have lived before it and during its inception and during its progression. Now, in 20 yeah. years, when the new stuff comes out, we are effed. But as it sits <laughs> right now in the next 10, 15 years of the new technology, what's going yeah, out, we've got a good understanding. Yeah, yeah, like five years, according to some yeah. of the teachers I've been talking to. Five years, and they will have the virtual reality classrooms. We are... Yeah. We're the perfect generation. Uh, Kavito and I, uh, you know, we couldn't come up with a creative name, but we always say... We're the in-betweeners, right? Because we bridge the gap. And I think it's valuable 
with family, but also at the workplace, right? You could relate to that old guy that's like, I don't know how to use my phone. But at the same time, you know exactly how to relate to a younger person because you're using the same apps as them. We are bridging the gap. Like, Nick, you and I being the same age, when, you, when I went to college, I went to college without a, comp without a laptop and a phone. By the time I was done with college, I had a laptop and a phone. And, an, and right. a, you know, I remember having like a, a Nokia phone and then like a StarTech flip phone. Like <laughs> we know we know what it was like to use a map. We know what it's like to print out MapQuest directions. And we also know what it's like to just freaking type an address in your phone. So you've, you've yeah. lived it all. Go over and use a freaking payphone to call your dad because you're lost in San Francisco. Dude, every kid's every kid's been at the mall, had no money, and picked up a payphone. It's like, do you accept a collect call from mom? Pick me up at the mall. Oh like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so many now, times. So, are you drive by a payphone somewhere, and your kids are like, "What is that?" No, like, we we are we are dead. <laughs> perfect generation. And by the way, that metaverse stuff. Uh, also, I heard that it's going to be. You know, you got to always think of what it's what is it going to benefit? They're saying <laughs> smut and pornography is going to be. Next level. Oh. <laughs> you, were, you were saying how a kid in a classroom could go to Africa mm. and feel like they're there. And they're saying the smut world is going to be like next level. Like you want to spend the night with Marilyn Monroe? Well, come inside. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. Okay. Now I'm excited. I ain't going to lie. I'm, I'm intrigued a little bit. I mean, if, you're, if I, I'm going to check it out with permission, hell, you know, maybe they've got me and the lady. We can go hang out with, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina pre split. You know, whatever. It sounds it, like a good time to me. Is it, is it cheating if you are? Is it cheating Ooh. if you're virtually with someone and you hook up a fucking device to your penis? <laughs> oh man, no, I can't be. That's just next level <laughs> masturbation. Wow, we went off the rails Whoa. here, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It happens. That's a valid question, though. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like imagine your imagine your girl walks in on you and you're like you have goggles on your head and something strapped to your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the most humiliating thing ever. Oh, it's happened to me already. I it, it wasn't fun. I'm just saying it's. We, oh, every every guy does every second. guy does the same thing. Every every guy does the same thing when they uh, when they have that minute alone where the wife is out with the kids. You look through the blinds. You're like, all right, she pulled away. All right, good. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got a minute. Let's do this thing. Okay, let's change gears here. Um, I want to go back to the screen time and phone things and ask a question. Uh, I'm sorry we'll go directly from masturbation into asking kids questions about your kids, but it, it, it's dad cast. This is what happens sometimes. Perfect. Does your four-year-old use the phone yet or have a, a tablet or a kid's version of such? And if so, do you let them play much on it? Um, she's She's got the uh, – she uses my wife's iPad, and she plays little puzzle games. I You know, not that I'm uh, all righteous, but if it's educational stuff – I'll never stop it. Like if she's playing like, cause you know, kids at that age, they don't know the difference. So if it's like, if she's matching colors and numbers and words, and if she, if she's learning shit, I'll let her play that all day. If she's yeah. like, dad, I want to play the puzzles or whatever. I'm like, yeah, do it. It's, it's not mindless. Like if she's watching bubble guppies nonstop, <laughs> but then again, bubble guppies, educational Sesame yeah. street, educational. So is Coco melon, which is fucking yes. ridiculous, but yeah, no, they are, they are. So yeah. it's, uh, I, I'm not the I'm not the guy that's like enough screen time. Like I think she's good about it. Like you know what? I realize one thing that when you're a parent, advice is great and all, but like every kid's so different that whatever advice I, I try not to give advice to new parents because I'm like anything I'm going to tell you is so hit or miss because people will be like, you know what? Your kid's going to love this little rock and swing, and your kid may fucking hate it. Yep. So yep. <laughs> to me, it's like someone's like. 
how do you put your kids to sleep? I'm like, well, you know, my wife and I, like one of us will lay with our daughter and then we'll read a book or then she'll play a puzzle on her game and I'll say, all right, I'll come back in 10 minutes and turn it off. I don't think there's a right way. As my wife said, you know, she's not going to be laying in bed with us when she's a teenager. So like if, if, if she wants you to lay in bed with her when she's four, like you don't need to be that parent that's like, she needs to be alone. Like, fuck it, she's four once. You got to cherish those moments, man. Those yeah. are, that's like, that's the best, dude. When, you're little, when your little guys or little girl just cuddles up and wants, wants to be held, wants you around, cherish yeah. that. I was skeptical, it does by go the way. Away. Dude, I was turn. skeptical, by the way, recently of uh, letting, uh, letting our, our little pal, the elf on the shelf, into our lives. Oh, but let's yeah. Just say, let's just say that little, that little guy... Who uh, my daughter named Chippy the Elf. Chippy. I'll tell you what. I I hear parents complain about the elf life. I have enjoyed it so far because I feel like those things are so fleeting, and it, by the time you know it, they'll be they won't care or you know whatever. So give it seven years, Rich. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be like enough of Chippy the Elf. I I was absolutely on board with the sticking him in a jar and putting a note <laughs> saying COVID. I, I I have to quarantine for fourteen days. Okay? That's fantastic. I I'm just saying it's I get but but it's amazing what you can those poor minds. I feel like I'm lying to them every single morning. But and in fact, yeah. it's only my little my my eight year old is the only one who still you know believes. Yeah. And but she uh, she's I think this is the last year she's starting to ask way too many questions. But um, it's amazing what you can get them to do. When they know that those oh, oh but the elf's here, she's watching you. Are you make, make, make sure you. you're doing I, your thing? I, oh! I, I, I talked about this on uh, the podcast I do with Nicole from the Morning Mashup. Uh, have kids, they said, and <laughs> we were talking about elf threats. And I said, I'm at first I felt guilty about it, but I'm like, nah, nah. Parents have so little advantages in these things. So like the other day when I said to my daughter, like, listen, she she was acting up a little bit before bedtime. I said, Emmy, that's cool and all, but you know. Chippy the Elf's right there, and he's about to go back to, you know, meet up with Santa and give his uh, little daily report. Yeah. She went right to sleep, and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll use this technique. Let, Year you know, round. We need to I'm come okay up. with Elf. I was like, is there one of these for the Easter Bunny <laughs> exactly. and other things? Exactly. <laughs> so my sister. The July 4th Uncle Sam on a shelf or something. Well, no, dude. My sister did this. Like, So my niece is, I think she's nine now. But up until, uh, even now, like on the Elf in the Shelf, she still believes because they put a freaking camera in the elf in the shelf so they can go back and watch it later what she does and they're like look the elf lucy the elf said this penny the elf said this that's cool so, so she's still a believer which is good and, and she's she's either nine or ten and uh, so they do this with easter they do this with uh, any holiday that you can find a freaking stuffed animal that can have a camera put into it guys are you the uh, are you the oldest or youngest in your family when you were growing up youngest oldest I was the oldest too, Nick. Now, the youngest, I felt like once the oldest figured shit out, they felt cool because they're like, all right, now I'm like on mom and dad's team. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I remember like always, I remember taking like a pride in like wanting my younger siblings to still believe in stuff. Like I thought it was like cool. Like I was like, I don't want to ruin it for them. So you become part of like, that's like your first bonding with your mom and dad where like you're in on something with them. Right. I just realized my, my littlest is very savvy with the YouTube. I, I, it, I'm going to have to private up this episode on YouTube for like a year <laughs> so she yeah. doesn't watch it or keep an eyeball on her because, yeah. We'll set this one up in the Patreon so people have to pay for it. So. <laughs> no, no. Avery, this is all, we're just talking, this is all, it's a show. You, you know Daddy works yeah. in radio. 
It's just a show. We're just show. we're playing our characters, man. It's all it's silly. Yeah. As a uh, host and a superstar on Sirius XM, Rich, I'm assuming you've done a lot of uh, introductions on stage type deals with uh, artists, et cetera, et cetera. Have your kids joined you on stage yet for any of those experiences? Not yet, because just based on timing, the last two years has sort of been a wash. Right. So just recently, I did my first two events recently. So I actually thought of that recently because I hosted an Ed Sheeran event in Los Angeles. And I was like, all right, if my daughter was a year or so older, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Because I, you know, we were talking about having kids at a certain age, right? Yep. Because I waited so long, like, you know, not so long, but 37 and 40. A lot of my top 40 radio days, there are times where I'm like, oh, man, like, did I, did I waste those opportunities? Because I've interviewed, not, not to name drop, but I've interviewed and done all these events with everyone from Taylor Swift to, you know, Beyonce or Jay-Z or back in the day, Britney and NSYNC. And, you know, between Z100 in New York and Sirius XM, I'm like, like, I see Nicole from the morning mashup. Like, her kids was like sitting on Taylor Swift's lap and her, right. like, every time Dua Lipa comes in. She brings in her daughter because her daughter knows Dua Lipa. And I'm like, am I going to miss that little window? That's why, in my mind, I have to stay in the top 40 world just to be a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily, man. I mean, what, what, yeah. This is a good question. What, you're, what do top 40 artists, what do they grow into? They're always top 40. They're just yeah. getting older. Yeah, right? sure. It's like, not like- you know, what's, what's, what's wild is next year being 2022, just to do a little timestamp. Like Maroon 5 and Kelly Clarkson both released their first single next year. So that means they're 20 years still doing it. Like we, mm-hmm. time's flying. So we're, we're, we're forgetting these things. And by the way, you mentioned Andy Grammer before. Uh-huh. I did a, uh, a sit down on Sirius XM that's going to air the week of Christmas. And Very what cool. a great guy. Andy's one of the good oh, guys in the music business. Yeah. yeah, I actually met him seven or eight years ago. He's doing a charity thing up in Eugene with some friends of mine. And they were said, hey, come on up. My daughter's like, oh, my God, it's Andy Grammer. And like he had just released like his first song or something. And so he got she got to meet him then. And then every time he comes to town, he texts us, hey, I'm in town. Does Emma want to come out for dinner and hang out with the Super show? Super talented guy. So talented. It's so down to earth, too. It's like yeah. it's, it's so cool to see that. I you wish should get him on artists. the podcast. He's got two. He's got two little daughters. No, <laughs> I'm working on it. He's got he got so big though. It's it's not like yeah yeah. It's, it's like every time I text him, he's like, yeah, man, I just did this interview. I want to take a break, and I'm like, all right, bro. Yeah, but cool. did you talk about being a dad? Exactly. No, we talked time, about does, the actually. latest songs <laughs> and your tour <laughs> and the music. That's why I yeah, love. No, him. Andy's one of those guys. So if you look at his interviews, he mostly talks about his family. It's oh. it's kind of cool. Yeah, well, then we'll actually, talk about his one music. Of the, one of the things <laughs> I talked about when he was there was. I, I saw him on Sesame Street, and he was saying how for a celebrity to get on Sesame Street, it's actually harder than getting on, like, Fallon or Kimmel or Kelly and Ryan or any of the. He's like, people, he's like, wait, if, if there is a dad or a mom in the entertainment industry, they want to be on Sesame Street because it's like a bragging right to their kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, think awesome. about it. Like, if you watch Sesame Street, Katy Perry, Jason Derulo, Jason Mraz, like, every, you know, every, you know, Fergie, you name it, they're all... They're all in it. They're all in the mix on yeah. Sesame Street. I love right. Sesame Street. Grover is the bomb. I don't care what you say. Grover's Bro, the man. Right. What did you next, say? Grover. Are you wearing a Grover shirt right now? Come on, man. Yeah. All right, we got to get on Sesame Street, dude, somehow. What are the odds, man? What are the odds? Don't turn. I, this is my daughter. Bought, I got this shirt with her because she loves her favorite book is uh, Monster at the End of the Book. You turn the page. Grover. Nice. 
And there's the podcast, everyone. Rich Davis, serious. Boom. <laughs> How did you get your start in radio? How old were you? What was your first gig? Oh, uh, you know what? I have a pretty, I have a pretty interesting story. I'll, I'll make it snappy. Um, but I was going to college upstate New York, Syracuse, and my high school sweetheart had dumped me, like everybody else. Right? You go to college. And truth mm-hmm. be told. I cheated on her. She cheated on me. We were 18. I was, and, I, and I remember going to from Syracuse to Binghamton, which was like an hour away, uh-huh. to visit her after she dumped me. And this is before everyone's you know, connected. So like, I'm leaving a message on her dorm room answering machine. I go to her dorm room with a necklace I bought at the mall. And I was like, I'm here to win you back. And some fucking dude with a lacrosse hat backwards answers the door. And, he, and he's like, she's with me now. <laughs> so... I'm depressed. I go back to Syracuse and my buddy's like, yo, stop crying in your dorm room. Come to the college radio station with me. So I was like, all right, I'll go to the college radio station. And I'm sure much like you guys, um, you sometimes know you'll be good at something because you look at who's doing it and you're like, yo, I think I could do that better than them. God, every single day I do that, especially drinking road trips. The heart of California, man, I'll, I'll hear the Sacramento and Sacramento's a big market. I'm like, yeah. How is this guy still doing it? And I'm still doing it in Medford in a tiny market. I'm better than this guy. But, you dude, know. Dude, just from chatting with you now, you, I don't know how, like, you, yeah, some people you can tell are just, they're good. And, and I remember thinking, like, the people here, these are the college radio kids that think they're good. And Syracuse is like a communications college. So I was like, all right, maybe, I, maybe this is something I could do. Fast forward, I worked at a clear channel station in Syracuse, and I started becoming pals with Kid Kelly at Z100. Okay. I would send I would send him air checks for people that don't know. Those are like your demo tape. And I I got an opportunity at Z100 at a way young age just by being fucking annoying and persistent. I sent my demo to 50 to 100 radio stations, resumes, air checks, tapes, everything. And five five people answered me out of like 100, and two of those were Philadelphia and New York, and I started doing part-time at Q102 in Philly and Z100 in New York when I was like 20, and that just sort of launched the whole thing. I got into Top 40 Radio, and then 05, I started doing talk radio at Sirius XM, and then ESPN and Fox Sports now also, like just all over the place. Just, you know, I just, I think I just talk too much, to be honest, as you can tell. That's a great story. No, that's a <laughs> persistence, man. I, you know, the question I get a lot, uh, especially from kids who are interested, um, you know, how do I get into radio? How do I do this? And I says, well, first of all, you really need to assess the fact if that's something you want to do. Here, let me try something out. Come in here real quick. Bring them in the studio. I turn the mic on. I say, talk. If they freeze up, like, this ain't for you, bud. Sorry, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cut it right now. I'm gonna wait. I'm I'm gonna save you years of just don't do it. Pick something else. I hate to be you know firm with you, but then there'll, there'll be the people, the kids that just boom, they just start yeah blabbering away. I'm like, okay, we got something. But persistence, man. You keep if you want it, you want it, go get it. Don't oh, take yeah. no for and, an answer. And it's uh it's one of those two where uh you just have to outlast people, right? It's like. Sometimes like people give up quick. It's like you ever see that guy in baseball who he's like 30 years old and he'll finally get called up to the big leagues because he he just fucking outlasted people like it's, you know, just don't give up. If you if you feel like you could still do it, don't give up. And uh, it's funny you should say that being a radio guy like you are, you would love this game. I would play this with interns to test their chops. All right. So I would say I would make up a name and a radio station and I'd be like, all right, talk up this song. And. And to see how good or bad they were, just to fuck with them. It was fun. I'd be like, all right, your name's uh, Johnny Hollywood, and you're on 103 The Frog. 
go. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was always hilarious because, you know, these interns would be, it would be terrible, but it was funny as hell. But did, did you, you're right. You have to have the gift of gab. And I used to say, luckily, I never had to, but people that are like, yo, I'm never leaving my hometown ever. Broadcasting is just not for you then. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if, if you are that mindset of like, I'm never going to leave my town, I'm never going to go anywhere, then it's never really going to work out. Like I didn't think I would ever live in Los Angeles, but you know, work took me here. So now you say LA, what actual town do you live in? Are you in city I limits? I live in, I live in Woodland Hills, which Woodland is Hills. Yeah. yeah. All right off the beautiful 405 and the 101. Oh yeah, dear right, God. I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a valley boy. You are <laughs> Woodland Hills, man. I, I, so I grew up in Thousand Oaks. Oh, nice. I, so, I, just, so let me ask you, when you, when you go away somewhere, like I was just, uh, I just was out of the country for my dad's 70th birthday, which is crazy when your parents start getting older. And, uh, when you're, when you meet people like a, a bar or a restaurant, when you're out of town, out of the country, Hey, where are you from? Do you say where you grew up or do you say where you're currently living? I say where I'm currently living. And if the people are interested or interesting and we're hanging out, then we'll get into, okay, so that's where I live now, but I was born or, you know, spent most of my formidable years in Southern California, et cetera. But typically where are you from? LA? I mean, Southern Oregon. That, that's yeah. that's what it is uh, now. It's, it's one of those things I'm, I'm always talking because my wife is a Texan. I'm a New Yorker and we've been out here like five years. So I feel saying LA is inaccurate because she's so Texas and I'm so New York. Yeah, right. It's like, I'm not very LA, but I, I love it out here. I love the weather and everything, but not very LA. Yeah, it will where you're it can it can go both ways. And now as I'm getting older, I mean, we're getting close to the point where I've lived here longer than I actually lived growing up. Right? Which is another oh my god, I'm getting old type scenario. But yeah, it, it, so it, it's it's starting to be more Oregon. And plus, you know, my kids are Oregon. They were born here. Um so I'm from yep. Oregon, man. I am from Oregon wholeheartedly there you go there you have it what, what's what's your biggest indicator guys that we're all getting older is it seeing an athlete start their career and end it like like knowing we all watch ken griffey jr go from like the kid to like an old guy with a fucking mock turtleneck that's like with a beer belly <laughs> is it like weird that we saw like young lebron james and now he's like old lebron james is it weird when you remember talking up someone's record in like the early 2000s or 90s and you're like yo they're like a like a hall of famer now. I just think like, it's crazy that I wanted to kick Tom Brady's ass in the, in the early two thousands. And I still want to do it now. And he's still doing it. That's uh, unbelievable, is, right? Mine is boy bands, Justin Timberlake going from NSYNC to being a phenomenal actor. I'm just going to say it. He's, he's yeah. a damn good actor. It's, and it's crazy. Gray hair wrinkles. You're like, what the hell? What, where did, where did time go? My biggest is, yeah, yeah it, it's, this isn't real. I, I totally diet and he, oh, he always I, makes fun I, of me. I, I touch it up. You know what? I don't touch Nick. the top though. I said, when this catches up to this, I will stop dying and keeping it normal. But it just looks weird when this is still natural, but this comes out white. Well, you know what, Nick, you, you look cool. Cause you got the tattoos and shit like that. So like you could pull off the gray, like me, if I, if I go gray, I'm just like, I'm like the, Dude, they just went gray. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't match the look. Like you got the beard. Like remember the superstar Billy, the wrestler superstar Billy Graham. I do. Yep. <laughs> he, had the, he had like the gray beard. Yeah, you yeah, pull it I'm off, like, man. I'm I wishing this would go gray. I'm so bummed. I'm like, man, what the hell is wrong with my hair? My, Enjoy my, it. My wife, my wife says she likes when it's a little salt and peppery, and I'm like, yo, you just fuck it. Why? Why do you like that? And she convinces me, and I feel like women like it, but I don't know if they like it because 
it takes you out of the game. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, see, here we go again, man. We're getting low on time. Nick, did you prepare a fast five? I did. Okay, so uh, come on, you're a radio guy. I don't need to say nothing. Here comes the fast yeah. five. Go, Nick. All right. Let's go. What's your favorite place to visit on vacation with your family? Ooh, that's you know what? Um, uh, that's supposed to be fast. Shit. Um, <laughs> Fear, you know what? I it's like the Furious on. Five. How about that? You just say yeah, it angry. Furious. Do, do you think, I'm so fucking long-winded. You're not going to get fast. I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> you, know, what? Um, you know what? I, I, Aruba is my favorite place in Hawaii that I've been with my wife. But as far as with the kids, I really love visiting my wife's hometown of New Braunfels, Texas, which is, you know, close to like 40 minutes outside of Austin. I fucking love it. The river, the vibe. I, I, would, move, I would move there if I could. Awesome. All right. Your go-to meal to cook for the kids. <laughs> dino nuggets and mac and cheese. Yes. <laughs> that's, so, that's so good. I just threw uh, away a pack of dino nuggets this morning. I, I have one too. I'm one empty box. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, by the way, we all, we all try hard when we first have kids. We're like, we're going to eat, they're going to eat healthy and have well-balanced meals. And then like every night it's like, yo, I, I'm, Sarah, get the kids another cup of mac and cheese. And Honestly, yeah, that, that shit lasted for about a day. They didn't get <laughs> McDonald's the first years of their life. Now it's, mm. I, I, you know what? Same with me. And recently on Saturday mornings, I'm like, you know, do I want to make breakfast or do I want to go get hot cakes at McDonald's? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. Um, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? A billboard with anything on it? Um, man, my mind immediately goes to like, I wish I could have done that when I was younger because it would have got me more ass or something. But uh, as an adult, <laughs> that's the best answer. <laughs> Maybe like uh, a billboard, a billboard, probably just promoting all the shit I do. Self-serving, probably, probably just like me with all my, all the shows I do, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, it is my right there and show, 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 so show. The reason we asked that question is I actually did that when we first started the podcast, I, I bought a billboard in downtown Medford the, on the busiest street. It's like a hundred thousand cars a day. Are you ready? <laughs> right, are you ready? Go for it. JP. <laughs> the number one parenting podcast in the world. Yeah. We are up for like a month and hey, that's don't great. Get me wrong. We're not bad parents, but the number one parent, I, I thought it was a little bit of a reach, but it was hilarious. And was I commend him for JP, it. JP, smoke and mirror. Oh, of course, smoke man. I, I you know. know. You, you Theater of the mind, baby. Theater of the mind. A year later, we have 200,000 followers on social media. 500,000. Come on, man. Okay. That's fantastic. I mean, listen, a podcasting, it's, you know, it's so funny. Radio people, JP will tell you, Nick, we, we, we were very like weird about podcasts in the beginning. We're like, oh, well, what's this? And like, <laughs> you know, and then you slowly realized much like everything else I've t- we talked about earlier, social media, everything you, people love to resist. And then like, you're like, all right, maybe not resist, maybe be part of it and make money off it or do stuff. Right. So yeah. that's, so that's, you know, that's what I did. Yeah, I got out of trust. I'm oh, sorry. There's one more question. <laughs> Oh, wait, Nick, Nick, I know what my billboard should have been. Whatever. Um, My billboard, if I was in my 20s, I would have had a just picture of me like with a cheesy smile with like testimonials, like best lover ever. Like like, knows how to please, like just all these random testimonials. That was before like, you know, that was before it was creepy. That was when like, uh, you know, picking up people at a bar wasn't creepy. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, have you you noticed that like the whole dating thing, not to go back to that, but. uh, I have no idea. We were talking about how. when we were when we were younger, if you met someone online, it was sort of weird. Now, if you meet someone weird. in person, it's sort of weird. Right. It is. It's crazy. Because yeah. and, and you can't meet anyone in person now because you're 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 a crazy stalker and want to hurt them or something. Yeah. 
right. you know, I bump into a lady at the grocery store and it was, oh, excuse me. And it's yeah, it didn't go well. It's like, wow, she was kind of rude. I was, yeah, you, but you, 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 I, you go near someone by a bar and it's like, excuse you. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah like, fuck it, just try to talk to you. <laughs> God. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. That's all good. All right. What's your favorite pop song of the 2000s? Oh, dear God. Ooh, yeah. Good question. Um, <laughs> I would say blurred lines until uh, he, until he got canceled. No, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what? I think you know what a great song is. I think Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars is just a fucking great song. Yes. And well, my maybe, son maybe, loved maybe it Tim, when he was Timber, two. Maybe Timberlake uh, from the Trolls movie. Uh, Can't stop the feeling. Yeah. Those yeah. are good ones. I, I, maybe Uptown Funk, I'd say. I loved right. it because my kid, when he was three or two or three, he'd Uptown fuck you up. And so you just sing it around <laughs> and. Oh, that's just good stuff. All right, Nick. It's a great song. You know what you got to ask yourself? You got to say, you got to say what's going to be playing at a wedding in 50 years. And I bet you those are the songs. Mm -hmm. Probably. What's your funniest parenting fail? (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. You know what? Oh, that's um, give me a second on this. My favorite parenting fail. Oh, I mean, I've I've had some close calls of things that could have gone wrong, and I freaked out. Like my kids learning, my son knows how to open the front door now. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, where's Ben?" And he was fucking down the driveway, like by the mailbox in front of our house, and like walking down the street. And I was like, "Oh my god, that could have went terribly wrong." Yeah. Um, parenting fails. I don't know. You know what? I haven't had a good one yet. I'm sure they're coming, though. Well, that <laughs> sure was they're... close enough, man. I had the exact same scenario. My girl was got two, barely two, and we lived in an apartment at the time, <laughs> flight of stairs. I come home. Where's Avery? Mom's sleeping on the couch. Sorry, Jen, calling you out on this one. And uh, <laughs> where's the kids? I freak out, not in the house, run outside, uh, look around the complex. I finally get to the pool. And she's just hanging out with some friends of the family who lived in the same complex. And she'd been there for about 10 minutes in a diaper, mind you. She, oh. she opened the door, walked out, went down the stairs, and walked probably 100 yards to the pool. Oh, All by herself. Hell, oh, dude. dude, you have no idea. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was. It's giving me so, fucking anxiety <laughs> having you tell that story. <laughs> Two days ago, I'm hanging out with the baby. And he knows how to open doors now. But he's like, he's like a fucking ninja, though. Like, so he's like super quiet, right? I'm doing something like sending an email or whatever. And I don't hear him for like five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? Where, where did Liam go? What, what, what's this about? I start looking through the house. Finally, I hear him banging on the bathroom door and dad, dad, he locked himself in the bathroom. <laughs> so I had to MacGyver the door to get the freaking door unlocked to save his little butt. I'm like, dude, you can't do this shit, man. MacGyver. <laughs> There's a, there's a, a yeah. that'll get lost on a lot of the younger ones. Okay. McGruber. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> yes. they'll get that one. All right. Rich I'm Davis, I'm going to leave you with a final question, and then we are going to say our goodbyes because our time is up. Um, I would also like to ask you a, uh, you know, two questions. First one. Perfect. We do a Father's Day special every year, um, and by every year, coming up will be the second one. Um <laughs> We like try to get back. You're as the number many. one parenting podcast on in the world. <laughs> actually, we're getting actually in the world. Yeah. Now we're actually legit top ten for real. But yeah, that's um, <laughs> we want to bring back as many guests from uh, 21, and we recorded a couple of weeks prior to Father's Day. If that's something you're interested in, we're gonna have you like it, 87 man. squares up. It's gonna be like a crazy Inceptiony Brady Bunch type thing. Awesome. And uh, with a bunch of cool people, it, it's a fun time. Um, just gonna plant the seed for you there. And Nick, count me in. Yeah, buddy. All right. 
Question. Most important question, I think, I'll ask on DadCast. For Rich Davis, what is the best thing about being a father to you? Great question. Um, how kids put things in perspective. That's, that's something I've noticed a lot over the last, especially a year or so with all the COVID shit and everything, right? Like, my kids were in Texas for the last, like, since, like, from Thanksgiving until, like, a few days ago. They were grandma. My, my wife and I went away. We came back, and then we had to pick up the kids. And when I saw them running together and playing and giggling and being silly, I'm like, yo, you know what doesn't matter? Work issues. You know what doesn't matter? Fucking the stock market. You know what doesn't matter? The fucking leaky roof in the guest bedroom. Like, all these things don't matter when you see your kids being happy. Because you think to yourself, when I was a kid, did, I ma- did it matter, like, what countertops my parents had in the kitchen? Did it matter, wh- you know, like, all those things? Like, you realize what really matters. And I think perspective. Your kids give such amazing perspective to life. And it made me realize, like, you know, I used to, I used to work a lot and be away. Now, I, I won't do that again. Like, if I, if I could make things happen with the different podcasts and radio and TV and things I'm doing, I'm, I don't want to take on work I don't have to, where that doesn't make me lazy, made me reprioritize. Right. Good answer. Uh, yeah. There you have it. I, mean, I couldn't honestly, agree more, before, man. But when, when my daughter was very little and my son wasn't born yet, I was going to SiriusXM every morning, recording multiple shows, doing Kavino and Rich Live. Then I would go home for a couple hours, then I would drive to downtown LA for ESPN every night. <clears throat> that life, I was gone every day, all day. And COVID interrupted that. And I'll tell you what, in, it, unless the money was so absurd that like, my family was uh, taken care of on a different level, right. I don't want to go back to that life. You know? That's the, that's the biggest it. pickle. No, that's, that's yeah. the biggest, that's the it, most it, difficult thing I ever have to face is, you know, I would work a lot of different stuff. Yeah. I'm a very busy yeah. guy. So is Nick. And yeah. being away from them sucks, but sometimes it has to be done. To, you have to. And, and, they have and, to under, and they'll understand. They, yeah. They'll understand. It just, I, I try not to, like, I always think, uh, oh, I'm sorry, one, one last perspective. So when I was working at ESPN, um, casualty of COVID budgets, um, when I was working there every day as well, I remember there was one night where Cavino, my, my uh, co-host on the podcast, was, he had the opportunity to take his 11-year-old daughter to a very exclusive Billie Eilish concert and a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And he was going to pass on it because he's like, yeah, bro, we, you know, we got to work tonight. And I'm like, take the day off. Go with your daughter to see her favorite fucking artist yeah. at a small venue where she could meet Billie Eilish. He did, and then COVID happened six months later, and we were budget cuts. I said, yo, no one gives a shit. Like, companies and people, they don't give a fuck about you. I was like, aren't you so glad now that you took your – imagine you passed on taking your daughter to see Billie Eilish, and then, you know, Disney after you over. Come on. Like, right. So I, I think lessons have been learned big time over the last couple of years. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. that yeah. memory that the daughter got forever, yes. forever, yes. and always mm-hmm. with dad. That is amazing. He yeah. is Rich Davis of Sirius XM Radio's Channel 10 Pop 2K. What else you got, man? Now's the time to promote it. I'm, 
I'm on uh, I'm on SiriusXM every day, but you know they, yep. they can promote themselves. I do my Patreon with Cavino every day. Okay. Patreon.com slash Cavino and Rich. All the info's on my Instagram and Twitter and all that, at Rich Davis. And uh, much like your parenting podcast, we are second best in the world, uh, <laughs> only behind yours. Uh, Nicole from Hits One and I do something called Have Kids, they said, a weekly like uncensored parenting podcast uh, in the same vein as what you guys do. So when people are done listening to your show, uh, check out Have Kids, they said. All right. And I would be uh, a horrible radio guy if I didn't ask when we getting on your show. Exactly. Uh, you know what? That, that's something. You know what? I think you should be our first guest. We haven't had... We haven't had a guest on the parenting podcast or the other show because of COVID infrastructure. Like we're like, let's wait till things are normal. And I don't think things are getting normal. This so. is normal, bro. This is the normal now. This is our normal. <laughs> I know. This is the fucking normal. So you know what? I, I, I'm not bullshitting you. We'll make something happen. But you, you, you may, may very well be our first guest because we'd love Nicole to, and I, man. Especially on the parenting one, we were saying how we should have other people in the parenting world on our podcast that's how you help each other and grow i was like yeah. it's like uh, how the music world discovered uh collaborations like 20 years ago like hey they right. work <laughs> that's we would love to do it man rich yeah. davis thank you so Thanks, much guys. for taking time out of your day and being on dadcast everyone else out there watching and listening uh thank you for checking out the pod make sure you like subscribe do all that good stuff and we will check all of you out next week see ya every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.